Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking to Brent George. He's a missionary to Romania. Brent, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and uh, how God called you to Romania? Well, I am uh, married to Sarah, and we've got four children. Um, The call to Romania actually began when I was probably in high school. All through my time in junior high and in high school, I used to work in camp ministries up in Canada, where I was born. And uh, I just saw the effectiveness of camp ministry um, when we're able to take children and teenagers out of the worldly environment that they live in, and we surround them just with uh, Christian influences, godly influences, and we see great effectiveness uh, by the end of the week. And so I went down to college, and that's where I first met my wife. And uh, during my time in college, uh, we began dating and were engaged near the end of our time in college. Uh, After we were married, I began going to seminary, and we began to really think about our future, how God was going to use us. And where I still wanted to be used in camp ministry, we began to feel called to a foreign country. And so I didn't know where we were going to end up. I mean, originally I thought I'd be working at a camp in Canada or at a camp in the United States, but now here God is leading us to a foreign country. And so we looked at several different possibilities, and we had some great possibilities. Um, God, or We felt that God was leading us towards Switzerland. We also had an opportunity in Slovakia. Um, but the closer we got to these different opportunities, the more I realized God really wasn't in either of the the possibilities. They were great ministries, nothing wrong with the ministry. It was just a situation where it's not where God was calling us to. And so we had to kind of step back for a little while and um, really, honestly, began to get a little bit frustrated. And so Sarah and I talked one day and we said, you know what, let's just buy a house, um, work in a ministry here in America, and maybe four or five, six years down the road, we'll revisit the idea of foreign missions. Um, and so Sarah was over at our friend's house. Now our friend had grown up in Germany as a missionary child. And so Sarah was kind of relaying a little bit of this information to her about our frustration and, and what we had decided to do. And Sarah said, you know, I think someday Brent would really like to end up in Romania. Uh, my dad's family is from Romania. I'm half Romanian. And so I've had a burden for that country my whole life. And so our friend looks at Sarah and says, well, my parents are in Romania right now. And Sarah said, well, I thought they were missionaries in Germany. Well, apparently what had happened is they had retired as missionaries in Germany, decided the Lord really wasn't done with them, so they went back to the mission field, but this time to Romania. And so I got an email a couple days later, and the email basically just said, Brent, why don't you come over to Romania for the summer, stay as long as you want, and uh, we'll see what the Lord does in your life. So I... I had to decide, you know, if I was going to go to Romania, I was going to have to quit my job. I couldn't just take a whole summer off. And I was a little worried about quitting my job, going to Romania, and then realizing that's not what the Lord had for us. And then I'd have to come home and I have no home, no job, no ministry, nothing. So I wanted to be sure that I was doing what the Lord, what the Lord's will was for my life. Um, so that weekend, I just went off by myself for most of the weekend and just started studying God's word about, uh, his will. How do you know God's will for your life? And so he kept bringing me back to two verses in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. And 
because I kept, it seemed like no matter where I was looking in the Bible, it kept being, I kept being led back to these two verses. So I spent most of my weekend just studying those verses. And in those two verses, it teaches us, if you want to know God's will for your life, basically there are three things that you need to do. At first it says, you have to offer your bodies a living sacrifice to God. And so I started thinking about that, and I've said, you know, God, I've, I've offered myself to you. I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want me to do, but I need you to explain to me what, what that will is. And so I went on to verse number two, and in verse number two it says, be not conformed to this world. And in this verse, the word conformed is a passive word, and so it has the idea of don't allow the world to conform you to it. And so as I looked at that and prayed over that phrase, I realized, you know, the world is trying to influence, influence us every day with its philosophy. And if you are allowing the world's philosophy to control your way of thinking, you're not going to be able to follow the will of God. For instance, the world says, you know, if you want to be happy, you've got to have a lot of things. You have to have a lot of money. Well, if I'm going to follow that philosophy, I'm not going to be a missionary because, honestly, I don't have a lot of things being on the mission field. And so if you want to be open to what God has for your life, you need to keep away from the worldly philosophy. And then thirdly, it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And again, this is a passive word, and it has the idea that we allow the Holy Spirit to be the one that controls our way of thinking. So, as I went through that weekend looking at these verses, I said, God, I've offered myself to you. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm living a, a separated Christian life where I'm not allowing the world's philosophy to influence me. And uh, I'm living a life where I have a relationship with my Lord, a prayer life, an active study of God's word. So I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to transform my way of thinking. So God, how do I know your will for my life? And so as I thought about those three points, I realized if I'm doing those three things, then the, the feelings, the, the desires on my heart, the burdens that I have are things that the Holy Spirit has put in my life. Well, as I said already, I've had a burden for the country of Romania my entire life. I prayed for them all through my, my years growing up. And I realized that weekend that that burden was put there because the Lord was calling us to the country of Romania. And so on Monday, I went in and I, I quit my job. And that summer, my family went over to Romania, fell in love with the country right away. And so as soon as the summer was done, we came back, began raising our support to go to Romania full time. Your father's Romanian. Did you have to go to language school, you or your wife, both? Yeah, my dad's family came to Canada from Romania, um, but my dad is the youngest child of several children. And by the time he was born, uh, they were speaking English in the home. And so my dad only knows even a few phrases in Romanian. Um, now, when we went to Romania, we kind of got thrown into the ministry. I was supposed to go work with a, a veteran missionary, and he's been battling cancer for several years. And so he wasn't there when we first got there. And so we didn't have time to go to language school. So I used a tutor for about a month to give me a head start. And since then, I've just been learning the language by talking to people and uh, just thrown into it. <laughs> you mentioned camping ministry. Is that your prime ministry? Or are you also working in a church with a camping ministry on the side? Well, during the summer... Almost our entire focus of the ministry is the camping ministry. That that really dominates our summers for two to three months. Uh, but once the summer is over, uh, we have several other mi ministries that we're involved in. 
um, the whole camping area we turn into a Bible Institute for the school year uh, where we're training Romanian nationals to be church planters and missionaries and children's workers. Um, we also have some church planning efforts where we're focusing our time in the poor gypsy villages in northwest Romania. Uh, where we're going into these villages, we begin preaching, we see people giving their lives to the Lord, we disciple them, we have baptismal services, and eventually we, we start a church right there in those villages. Um, with all of the different ministries that we do, like the church planning, like children's clubs, like personal evangelism, uh, we really try to use our Bible Institute students. And so while the classroom time is important for the students, uh, we also want them to get practical training, practical experience during their time with us. So all the students help us with the, the, the church plants or they help us with the kids clubs. Um, we also have uh, a ministry, a branch of our ministry in Romania that we've started down in Malawi, Africa. And uh, with the ministry in Malawi, it's a place where we continue to train the Romanian nationals. So we're using Romanian national people to run the ministry there in Malawi, Africa. We're taking graduates uh, from our Bible Institute who are interested in foreign missions, and we send them down to Malawi, Africa to do one or two year internships. Um, we just felt that in Romania, they don't really send out missionaries. They don't really understand the idea of sending out missionaries. So we felt that they're, after their time at the Bible Institute, they still needed some more practical experience. So they can go down to Malawi, work with another Romanian missionary, and really get a good feel for what the what foreign missions is all about before we send them out to whatever country the Lord has called them to. The Bible Institute, the, the church, the planting of churches, the camp ministry, um, you haven't been there 60 years all of that was put in place by the the missionary that you went to work with yeah most of this stuff the the when when tom gentry first got to romania it was about 18 years ago and the camp ministry is the first thing that he started uh, about six or seven years ago is when he started the bible institute and so those two ministries were up and running by the time i got to romania just a few years ago um, now the church plants uh, are things that have just gotten started uh, since i've arrived in romania the the town you're working in is it a big city small small town and how does that affect your ministry uh, the town that I'm in is about 50,000 people. A lot of our work is done one to two hours away from our city, where some of the smaller villages are. Um, now, for the last 20 years, a lot of missionaries have been coming into Romania, and so they have gotten into the big cities already. Um, and so, because a lot of the bigger cities have already have a missionary working there, we decided to get out of the big cities and start reaching some of the, the people in the smaller areas, the smaller towns and villages. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense when a country first opens up to go to the place where you're going to reach the most people. Um, so you get to the big cities first. That's the way most missionaries do it. But since those cities already are being reached, that's why we went into some of the smaller areas of the country. Um, now, the ministry is a little bit different there because it isn't a big city. Uh, the area that we live in is, I guess, kind of one of the most backwards places in the country. Uh, we have tourists from all over Romania come up to our area to see what life in Romania used to be like. Um, so it's very rural. People still use the horses and carts. Um, 
but so it's a little bit different of a culture than what you'd find in the big cities. Uh, everything's more laid back. Um, so you do have to reach the people in a little bit different sort of way. Now, what we also find though in the big cities is where there's a lot of money and, uh, what I have found in my experience, both in the United States and overseas, is where there's a lot of money, uh, the people tend to be a little more close to the gospel. And so working in these poor areas, we find that the people are very open. You know, rich people tend to think, I've got what I need, I'm self-sufficient, where poor people understand they don't have what they need, they need help. And so uh, we, we have found that uh, the people are just a lot more open to the gospel in the area that we're working in right now. You have four children. What do you do for entertainment or recreation to uh, to kind of break the monotony of of regular ministry life? Uh, well, our children, where we I do try to keep them involved in ministry. Um, it's kind of an unfortunate thing that I've seen in the life of some missionaries is they have a family life and a ministry life and they dedicate so much of their time to their ministry life that their family sometimes gets left behind um, so i've tried to really keep my wife and my children involved in the ministry um, but at the same time i don't keep them so busy in the ministry that they begin to resent the fact that we're missionaries i want them to enjoy their life at the same time uh, now where we live uh, we have several children in the neighborhood, and our children have learned Romanian very quickly just by going outside, playing with the children. That being said, we still do need some time away from the ministry, um, and so we've had the opportunity a couple of times to go away and just spend some time as a family. Um, just this past Christmas, we were able to go to... Uh, a hotel that had a swimming pool not far away from where we lived and uh, just to have some family time relax get ourselves refocused before we got back into the ministry is there uh, a story you'd like to share a testimony of somebody in the church or some type of missionary story well i'll tell you the one of the most encouraging things to me happened in our church plant efforts uh, we got into again this these are the very very poor romanian uh, villages and we got into one village, it was called Pitin, and we were able to plant a church there. Uh, my mother actually came over to visit us for about a month in Romania, and she came to Pitin with me. And she was in tears because of how poor these people were. Uh, she saw their houses, she saw the clothing that they were wearing, the food that they were eating. They had almost nothing. Well, after about a year of working in Pitin, we, we started two more church plants in some villages that were even poorer than the village of Pitin. And... To be an encouragement both to the people of Pitin and the people in these new villages, one Sunday we came out early, we picked up a bunch of the people from Pitin and went and uh, allowed them to meet the people from these, these two other villages. Well, when we got back at the end of the day, we had, a, I guess, a little bit of a wrap-up session or a testimony time with the people of Pitin, and many of them were in tears. Now remember, these are extremely poor people, but they were crying over the poverty of the other two villages. And they were saying, oh, you know, Brother Brent, what are we going to do? How can we, we get some food for them? We need to gather up some clothes and take it to these people. And it, it just, you know, the first thing that popped in my, my mind was the story in the Bible of the widow's might, where Jesus... You know, he, he watched all these rich people putting their bags full of money into the coffers at the temple. And it meant nothing to Jesus because those people could afford to give. They probably could have and should have been giving more than they were giving. 
But then the the widow comes up and puts all that she has into the coffers. And that's what the people of Pitin were like. People in, in America, I mean, of course, we couldn't be doing our ministry without what the people in America, the churches here, are doing for us financially. But I think oftentimes most Christians in America could be doing more. But then we go and we see these wonderful, beautiful gypsy people in the poor village who are willing to give out of their poverty Enable in order to help the the other villages in their area. Well, thank you for your time, Brent. As we close, is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, let me finish with just a couple quick pieces of advice. The first one, kind of for anybody, anybody who's serious about their Christianity, I would definitely encourage you at some point in your life to take a mission trip anywhere, anywhere. Um, it. I can promise you it would be a life-changing experience. Um, Even if the Lord doesn't use that time to call you into full-time missions, it will definitely give you a renewed burden for missions, a renewed burden for souls around the world. And then secondly, to anybody who is really seriously considering foreign missions or maybe already feels that you're being called into foreign missions, my advice to you would would be to start right now. Um, having a burden, a desire to reach souls, practically speaking, being witnessing to people, being out there involved in whatever ministry you can, trying to see souls saved now. Uh, Too often we see people who are called to a certain country and they say, when I get to that country, I will start being a missionary. If the Lord has called you, it's time to start right away. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.